Welcome to Life at God Space video and podcast. Uh, it's been a while since I've done a podcast or live feed and I uh, wanted to come back and pick up with the season three theme of rebuilding your life, rebuilding your life. And just a reminder of where we all are, at some point in our lives, we're going to have to do a reset. We're going to have to look uh, move forward. We're going to have to see what's happened. We're going to have to make a plan. We're going to have to uh, spend time in prayer, Bible study, getting good counsel from other Christians. And that's the period I've been in in my life uh, since I resigned from my church on August the 14th. By the way, things are going uh, quite well for me. There was There had been some difficult days, but doing quite well, getting adjusted uh, to working at the bank and uh, got a great group of co-workers who put up with me and who helped me and are helping me learn how to be um, a good retail banker there here in Searcy. So we've been talking about um, rebuilding our life and we want to rebuild our life for God's glory, not our comfort, not what we want. A rebuild is not refashioning our life, reshaping our life into something that we want. It is to recognize that perhaps we need to rebuild because we have done something or something's been done to us. Or we live in a fallen world and things happen and, and we have to rebuild. Um, but the best way to rebuild your life is to come back and say... I want to rebuild wherever God leads me in this new phase of living. I want it to be for Him, for His glory, and for the good of others. And so that can be a good rebuild for us as we begin to think about that. As I said, there's been a lot of mountains and valleys for me over the last a couple of months. Um, I am becoming more sympathetic towards those who have struggled in life. When you're in the difficult period of transitioning from one position to another, uh, from one phase of living to another, you become a little more sympathetic. And I'm thankful for that. It's not been easy. I do not want to go through this again. Never, ever want to go through this again. But I am very thankful for the things the Lord is teaching me because what has not changed in my life and not that I'm perfect, but I still want to be an encourager to others. I want others to be encouraged by my witness, um, by this ministry even, so that they know that Jesus is enough. Jesus is sufficient. And um, over two months in, uh, that's where I'm at two and a half months now. Jesus is enough. And so that's been quite a blessing to learn that. It's been hard, but it's been the lesson I want to look at. Now, again, in the last three episodes, we looked at the reason we are put in the rebuilding phrase in life. We live in a fallen world, but God is sovereign even in this fallen world. God is at work to conform us to the image of Christ Jesus. And that's not always easy. And we may doubt sometimes 
But the mark of a true believer is they want to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. That's the thirst we have. That's the hunger we have. That, that we want to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. And that is the greatest blessing for a believer. So we looked at all of that. We, we discovered that there are two foundations on which we build or rebuild life. They are the gospel of Jesus or the fake gospel of humanism. There is a rebuilding that must be done and it must be done for the glory of God or it will be for the glory of self. And the gospel brings glory to God and gives true hope for fallen people in a fallen world. And building your life on the gospel or rebuilding it on the gospel is not always attractive to us. But when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes, illuminates the path, we long to walk that gospel path. We enjoy the good news. We celebrate the good news. We share the good news. We again want to be made like Jesus. Now in Romans 12, 1 through 2, it begins a new chapter in the book of Romans. For 11 chapters, Paul has given us an exposition of the good news. And again, if you read the first 11 chapters, it starts with some hard facts. It starts with what we might even say is the bad news. The bad news is that every one of us is sinners. The bad news is God is impartial. The bad news is just because you were born a Baptist, born a Jew, born whatever, does not give you an automatic ticket into heaven. And so we need Jesus. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. So that's how the chapter begins. Now, at the end, right before we get to Romans 12, Paul writes this sort of doxology. Let me read that to you, verses 33 through 36. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments, and how inscrutable His ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might repay <laughs> that he might be repaid excuse me for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever amen so that offers a summary of this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ this good news I used to say, and I said, I used to think, and I've said this in sermons, and I'm not sure it's altogether wrong, but I used to say that Romans 11, 33 through 36 was almost Paul's resignation in his inability to communicate the glory of God. And, and certainly none of us uh, can communicate the full glory of God. To, we can't mind the depths of God. 
But however, I think there's more here than just a resignation. It's more than just a surrender. It is, in fact, Paul celebrating the good news. It is Paul saying this is glorious and God deserves all the glory because the gospel is good because God saves sinners. So I don't think this is just a resignation. I think there's so much more at stake in that. And then we come to Romans 12. The, the response, the, the sanctification, how we live out. How does sanctification look in the believer's life? And what does this have to do to rebuilding our life? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore I exhort you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, living, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that, purpose clause, so that you may approve what the will of God is, that which is good and pleasing and perfect. We move forward in life, or we rebuild our life, not by focusing on the things that we see in this world, but on the creator of the creation. That's where it begins. Oftentimes, the reason we need to rebuild our life is we have set our heart on things of this world. Our treasure is not in the glories of heaven. And here Paul is exhorting the Romans and us Two, to present our bodies to God in light of His mercies. What are His mercies? It's the gospel. It's that God graciously and mercifully saves us and sanctifies us and conforms us to the image of Jesus Christ. Like I said, that ought to be our greatest desire. And when we say that we want to be transformed by Jesus... That doesn't make difficult days less difficult, but it makes them purposeful. It gives us hope. It gives us assurance that whether it's our sin, their sin, or the sin of living in a fallen world, we know that in the end, God is going to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. And friends, that's what we want, isn't it? That, that's what we want. So I want you to see all of that. I want you to, to, to begin to think about these 11 chapters and think about Romans 12, this merciful act of God. It begins with the word therefore, and it again connects the what has gone before us. And so what do we do in light of God's gracious good news? We present our bodies to Him. We present body, soul, and mind. Paul uses the word exhort or encourage. He says, or as the ESV says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. So Paul is giving us this exhortation, this encouragement, this passionate plea that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've gone through, and no matter what you will go through, keep as the north star of your life, keep as a driving ambition passion of your life to do one simple thing and that is to honor God with who you are in whatever circumstances you find yourself.
And so that's that passion plea. And just a reminder again, for whatever reason we're rebuilding life, it is done in light of God's mercy, it's done in light of God's grace, and it's done for the glory of God. When you think about His mercy, we never receive, we, we never for one instant merit anything from God, do we? We receive God's grace, not because of our work, but because of the perfect, finished, complete, excellent work of Jesus Christ. We rebuild lives. We come back from disaster. We move forward in difficult days. We do that in light of God's favor, in light of God's grace. Paul calls it offering ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. Rebuilding life is about living as a slave to God. We don't rebuild for ourselves, but we choose to move forward in life because God has a plan and purpose for us. And we should view ourselves as living sacrifice, dying to our ambition and living so that the world may praise God. This, dear friends, is our reasonable service. So what do you do when you're rebuilding your life? You offer everything to God. You offer everything to God. You submit to His will. You glory in His purpose. You rest in His plan. And you find hope in God. And sometimes, in some rebuilding cases, it may be difficult to come to grips with God's new path in your life. So let's close with this question. Are you, are you a living sacrifice or are you a complaining person? That's hard. Takes a lot of prayers. Hey, thank y'all for listening. Uh, hope to get out another podcast sooner than this last one. But anyway, thank you for watching or listening. Have a great night.